Hey guys, welcome into College Sportscast. I'm Brad, and we are de- presented by the Fanboys. Now the waiting begins. <laughs> this is Brad with College Sportscast, and we have a special guest with us on tonight. We have Chris Muller from Saturday Down South with us tonight. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. How are y'all? We're doing, doing good. We're excited to have you on. Great, great, it. man. I love that intro. That intro is sick. <laughs> the whole song and everything. I, 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 well, we've had a couple on that say they like the intro, so I, I always have a little trouble getting it going because it's just a simple <laughs> little finger click, and it's always yeah. it's always have a little trouble with it. But um, it's kind of running like comedy. It's a running joke with our joke <laughs> yeah. with our show because I always have Fair. a little trouble with it. Um, but you know. Now we're getting used to it. Now it's just kind of a running joke, basically. Yeah. Well, anybody that's ever <laughs> listened to any of our podcasts knows that I'm like I'm definitely not the technology person. And there's always when there's when there's ever a screw up, it's always usually uh, it's something that I've done. So I, I totally get it. You're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> right. Right. Well, so with us, Chris, we have John Roberts. What's up? We have Jason Harrison with us. Jason is an ex Ole Miss basketball player. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I got so I had a back well, rocking y'all as well tonight. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're excited to have Chris on with us, uh, Chris Saturday down south, and uh, uh, I think you do a podcast called College Football Uncensored as well, right? I do, I do. If you, um, we started doing that about two years ago. I've been doing, I've been with SCS for about five years. Um, ran all their social media. Uh, now I'm in charge of more of like the video content. I think they just changed my title today to uh, video and on-air talent, which is um, <laughs> it sounds a lot cooler than engagement editor. I'll say that. So, um, but yeah, so I, I do all that stuff. I run the podcast. We have me and my co-host Tyler Huck. We've been doing that, like I said, for about two years. Um, so if you love college football and you're okay with the F word, then you should definitely check it out. <laughs> fun. I like that. <laughs> and like you're okay with the F word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is right. used very frequently on there. I will say that. But um, it's just we're passionate. We love it. And I I just don't like uh, I just don't like being filtered or, or censored as much. So a lot of fun. Right. And you're heavy, heavy lean SECs. Right, Saturday down south. Y'all, yeah. y'all, a lot of other stuff, do you outside of SEC? 
So we actually just launched four different sites this past year. Uh, we have um, Saturday Out West. The names are going to be really good. You're going to love these. Saturday Out West uh, for the Pac-12. That's, that's, that's the ACC, right? Yeah, it was that Saturday <laughs> Road. That's pretty good one name as well. Um, and then the other one we've had for a while now is actually called Tradition Saturday. Excuse me, Tradition, um, which we've had for probably four or five, six years. Uh, it's a Big Ten site. Now I don't read any of those. Um, or any of the content that comes from just because I'm not, I, I hate the big 10, um, a ton. Um, <laughs> and but like, I, you know, we, I, I, I grew, I was not like, before I started this job, I never considered myself an SEC homer. Cause like, I wouldn't pull for like other teams and my own favorite team. Um, but now being in like the, the media part of it, I'm definitely biased. I think towards the SEC just because they've warranted that, uh, in, in almost all sports. But I also, um, in terms of like, you know, I, I have a team that I pull for and I'm, I'm very open about that, but I try to go out of my way to be as like objective as possible. Now, like, I'll still troll teams for sure. Cause that's a lot of fun. Um, yes. Ohio so, state right. is fun to troll. Very, very much so. But uh, yeah. So, I, so I, Ohio state. So I was telling somebody that we were going to have you on the show and they were like, man, he had awful take in the preseason about Ohio State. <laughs> I said I'm going to win the national title over Georgia. <laughs> I don't what? I don't know. What? I I just thought I would throw that out there to you. And okay. I thought maybe uh, thought maybe you were trolling or something. I don't know. <laughs> but so I I said before the season this is this is what cracks me up about college football fans because like for the most part my job I'm just supposed to be entertaining. And I've loved college football my whole life and I it's my favorite thing in the world and it always has been. And it's why most of my relationships haven't worked out because that is not my favorite thing. This is every three to, you know, every, every nine months or so when we get three to four months of bliss on Saturdays. But like I, I, I said before the season, because like there's anything before the season, like predicting the Heisman is pretty stupid because there's so many things that factors that come into it. Right. And, right. and I'm wrong a lot. I'm sure as we all are, if you are in the take business, I'll tell you right now that this year, I have never been more accurate in like the weirdest ways than I, I have my whole career. We, we did a preseason episode and we went 18 for 21 in our preseason picks of like, and I, including like prop bets, like in like how many yards, touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. And I had Ohio State winning the national title over Georgia, which I don't know if you guys watched that Peach Bowl, but it was a pretty, pretty clear cut that those two were the best teams in the country. Um, so I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the I think so the Peach Bowl was, you know, was basically, yeah, yeah, um, you know, so Ohio State played great and, yeah, Ohio State played great in that game and had a great chance. I mean, really, really probably should have won the game. Yeah, the Peach Bowl. I, I feel like saying it's like a Bloody Mary type thing. You walk into a bathroom and you like say Bloody Mary three times. And if you say that three times, I think like Georgia fans on Twitter will come out of the woodwork and try to just like ruin your next two to three days. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, right. So. You'll just start hearing barking. Bark. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So your team, Alabama, this past week has hired two, two new coordinators. What are your, what's your take on, two new defensive and offensive coordinator that they have. What's your feeling? So I, I'll get into the offensive stuff. I did like more of a deep dive into and, and like why I think it's a good fit because, because I, I just thought it was stupid that both those guys were getting so much slander from fans, but I also get 
that's what fans do, right? And and I I think that Bama's in a unique place where not all schools are like this, but but and you know, like that Saban is not gonna be influenced by like the outside perception of what he has, right? Like he's not like he's not no. gonna like fire anybody based off of him feeling pressured from and the fans complaining about it. like that's you know, that's never gonna happen. So I think it was an odd situation to watch it unfold because Golding leaves and I thought he would be the one that stayed if anyone stayed. I also know that he went to Ole Miss and he's it's like, you know, that's when that was like brought up, it wasn't exactly like, oh no. It was like, hey, that's a good opportunity. I think you should go pursue that opportunity. That's fine. The thing with with O'Brien, I think he had calls that infuriated me at times. Uh, you know, I, I think against Tennessee, he had four plays inside the two-yard line that were passing plays. Um, and there's a lot of numbers that you look at and are like, what is he doing? Like, why are we not running the football? Like, all these different things. He had a top six offense two years in a row. He, he had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. But I also think when you saw you didn't have the same kind of elite playmakers or um, like at the receiver position, he was pretty limited with, with what he had to work with, which is saying a lot because he had Bryce Young, who I think is the best quarterback in Bama history. Um, anyway, go to the coordinator part of it. I think the the Tommy Reese thing is good for so many reasons because I, it it shocked everyone. So immediately everyone's going to be like, you know, like wh- wh- why? Because it's not like a name we had heard, anybody had heard. It's also not a person when you immediately go look at the, the stats, like, and like, I mean, like just the surface level dumb stats that, that all me included fans will look, look at it. Well, they only averaged this amount of passing yards per game or they only did this and they didn't like, you start looking at what, what Tommy Reese offenses do and like what his whole MO is it's running the football. They ran the football 60% of their play calls in two of his three seasons. They're a run first team. Uh, he's also had a lot of success with quarterback development, and that's something Bama's going to need next year because they don't have a generational quarterback anywhere on that roster like you have for the last five different go-rounds um, at the university. So having the the running game be like a staple of it I think is huge. Um, and you also look at what Tommy Reese has done with like any sort of like obstacles or adversity, and it's really impressive because he's the only offensive staff member returning going into this season with a, with a brand-new head coach in year one. Um, he had his third quarterback in three different years uh, that he had to work with. And it was, ended up being a backup quarterback he had to play with the whole season. And they ended up winning like, you know, eight of their last 10 games. Um, so I think on offense, you're going to see Bama return to the run game. On defense, I, I just from just from what I know from like, I'm not like some, I'm not, I'm not an ESPN. I don't work the athletic. I don't have a bunch of sources in a lot of places, but in Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good source, and I will tell you right now what it, what I think is going to happen is what I think been, I've been saying all along. I don't think they're going to hire Kevin Steele so Kevin Steele can run this defense. I didn't think they were going to hire Todd Grantham and him have him run the defense. They were going to hire somebody to run that defense while Jeremy Pruitt comes on staff as an analyst, and then he runs the show from behind the scenes until he's legally allowed to be you know, at the forefront of the NCAA. And, and people can say that's a – you know, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a, it's a, you know, far-fetched. I will tell you right now that, that that is exactly what is going to happen if that man is anywhere on staff. And I think he will be because no, Kevin Steele is not going to run that defense. Uh, from, from, from the college capital, college football capital of the South, Birmingham, uh, I can go ahead and confirm or, or really uh, say that there are heavy lean that that is what you're, what you're saying is accurate. Right. right. And I thought it was so, really random. I, I just, I was, I was dreading that because I did not want to have to hear 
like Georgia fans like just you know talk trash about that hire because like if Grant that was hired that's just bad look on so many levels but it also would have made sense um in terms of like it working out for both parties because that man I was actually I was actually joking that they should hire Grantham as the DC and Dan Mullen as the OC <laughs> I would love that like and, and, and honestly ex Mississippi State or ex yeah. Florida, depending on right. your time. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that would have been a good hire for both of yeah. them, actually. Pretty, yeah. Well, I would have laughed at the Grantham <laughs> one, but Grantham would have been bad. That that, that would have been bad. Uh, you, we would really know who was running the defense at that point. Uh, yeah. Well, you could tell easily <laughs> if it's all out blitz every play, then we know it's Grantham. Um, and right. if it's not all out blitz every play, then you know that Saban's actually running it and, and yeah. Grantham is just in name only. Right. Now, what uh, if Dan Mullen actually happened? What What do you think that I w- that would do for the landscape of college football if he actually did hire Dan Mullen as his OC? God, that would have been fun, man. That would have been so much fun. And, I, and like watching what Dan Mullen, I think, would have done with somebody like Jalen Milrow, that would have been must-see TV in my opinion. Like, Jalen Milrow is the most exciting player, like on Alabama's roster, hands down. Like it's it's not close. He's the fastest player on the roster. He's built like a truck. Like he's he's not a passer. Just bottom line. But he is a quarterback that I would love to see start for twelve games. I don't. I think there might be a ceiling on nine to ten wins on that. But with Dan Mullen, that would have been like Dan Mullen is a great offensive coach. And I think what happens with a lot of people now is that like there's a there becomes this new built-in perception and the perception somehow comes the reality that like, like, Oh, they're not any good because of like Twitter said they weren't good. Or like, or George, like Dan Mullen got so much crap because Kirby beat the crap out of him every single year. Like, I mean, he destroyed them and he had one good year and their best year, they end up going eight and four because of all these different things that happened with, you know, the, the LSU game and the shoe and, and all that. But Dan Mullen went to, went to three new year's six bowls in his first three years as a head coach at, at Florida. And like Mississippi State has been and a, then, they are and the then of the it world. just falls apart and they fire him in one year. Yeah, well, I, I think I think he was not going to ever be a recruiter, but in that position at OC at Bama, he wouldn't really have to be because Bill O'Brien wasn't really necessarily a key recruiter. So I think that was that was the first person I wanted to be honest was Dan Mullen. I think Dan Mullen would have been a lot of fun, um, and he's also not a guy that like would have caused any kind of issues. I think with Saban, um, the only issue I can see with him is like. I think Mullen, I think Mullen, like when he's done with work, he's like us. Like he'll go home and he just like he's done with work. Like he's hanging out with the wife, he's watching TV, he's doing what what the hell ever. Like and and everyone else is like, why are you not recruiting? Why are you not doing this? And he's like, I don't know, because it's nine p.m. Like I don't like so that part. Yeah. Like, well, which yeah. which again, if they you know for for Alabama staff and the fact that they're so big and have a bunch of people doing it, they could have easily hired around that. So yeah. as you were saying. You're hiring Dan Mullen to be Dan Mullen, the offensive coordinator, not Dan Mullen, the recruiter, not Dan yeah. Mullen, the whatever. So you, you're when you hire Dan Mullen, you're going to have to hire two people or three right. people or whatever because you're going to hire Dan Mullen, the offensive coordinator, and then you're going to hire the recruiter and the other person that would, you know, somebody else that would work, you know, other things. But that would be yeah. it. So. I see. I would disagree with that just because of the fact that you can you can get away with that the offensive play caller and like the, the offensive quarter. Cause, because Bill O'Brien, listen, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of how they hit the recruiting trail, but I seriously doubt that Bill O'Brien 
was going into these homes of like 17, 18 year old kids and just coming off with like dripping swag and getting along well and having anything in common with these fucking people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that you can get away with an OC position. But right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's kind of like, funny. Yeah, you could do that. but uh, <laughs> That's kind of funny, Chris. Bill O'Brien with dripping swag. <laughs> yeah, if he if uh, watched my slide video come out, it would be the end of the world, I think. I mean, unlike Saban <laughs> dancing in, in, in recruits' home, I would love to see Bill Bill O'Brien just just going up there and just you know, <laughs> Chase, can't you see Bill O'Brien O'Brien dripping some swag? I cannot see that. Just to be honest with you, I cannot see that. That's why he went back to the NFL. I gotta get away. I gotta get the grown man. Every every picture of Bill O'Brien, every picture picture of Bill O'Brien always looks like he's trying to check out the price of on something like a menu that's too far for him to see. It's just like <laughs> that's it. That's all right. that exactly. That's what you get, huh? Yeah. Exactly. That is right, just a confused, so, a confused person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah. A little confused about something. Yeah. So do you keep up with college basketball much? As he said stuff at least i do i've had a good time with it this year i've always i when it hits the off season it's like what's up john hammonds um it hits the off season it's like i'm i try to uh i try to always get it to, it takes me a couple of weeks man because it's like bama usually ends up going into like january usually um and then sec team does almost every year no matter what and so like it's like college world covering college world is so much fun but it's a grind and it, the end of the season is when it's at its peak because it's like you have bowl games and, and nothing stops. It just keeps going. And luckily, Georgia beat TCU before they even took the field. So it's like you got a little bit of a break. But college <laughs> basketball always takes me a minute. It just takes me a minute. Too. Yes. Well, the reason why I was – Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask you about this. So the SEC over the last two seems to kind of be taking a slide – not as mm -hmm. strong as what I think most people thought they would be. Right. Um, tossed a couple of games. Kentucky strong. Arkansas dealt with some stuff. Not as strong. I don't think Auburn has had season that a lot of people at Auburn would have. Um, so, you know, Auburn I just wondered shoot. what you thought about the SEC. <laughs> Very accurate. I mean, there's a lot Auburn of teams that's having shoot. some issues. Here, here, here's the thing too about about Auburn. Okay, um, the phrase "shoot more, score more" generally applies to most teams. It does not with Auburn. You shoot more, you don't necessarily score more. It's like a Gus Malzahn offense. Just you got to be up tempo for what? So you can get off the field faster. Yeah, so we can get inside the twenty and then kick a field goal. It's faster to the field goal. All right, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, okay. So, Barnes is but, uh, having yeah. major offensive problems right now. That's what's going on with them. Kentucky is having some major, at least defensive problems. And that's what's going on with them. Arkansas has had some injury bug going on with them. So, I mean, when you look at everything, why, you know, to me, the SEC is down a little bit. So, yeah. Well, well, Arkansas. I just actually kind of wondered if it's leading Kentucky. into March Madness. I just want to. I just want to put that in the atmosphere. Everybody body looks good against Kentucky, <laughs> and I, and I'm a Kentucky, so you know. <laughs> Arkansas looked real good against Kentucky the other day. 
But I was – Kentucky plays no defense. Well, I think they have a problem with rebounding right now. I mm-hmm. think when the big fella doesn't rebound, I think that Kentucky cannot get out and run. Um, but Kentucky cannot game, guard the ball. And if you're you a basketball guy, you know this, okay, okay Jason? They cannot guard the ball. But 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 when you said something about Rick man, Tennessee, the 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 biggest play of the game that cost them game is when they didn't take the two points when they actually had a chance to go up by four and put uh um Vanderbilt in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. I actually turned from the game because when I knew they had to do all those fouling, oh Tennessee's gonna win this game. And then catching it on ESPN Sports Center later was like, wow, three, two, one, corner three. Can't leave them open in corner three. Yep, that's how they got beat last night. But, I mean, (laughs) again, Jason, that's another one of the games, the same thing I've been saying, Tennessee just doesn't have the offense that they need for this team, and they let teams hang around. And they just don't score enough points in some of these games to win against inferior teams to their that yeah, team, like to Tennessee's team. So my thoughts. Yes. There's one Finally. specific team. Uh, there's one specific team, and I and I hate to even be all this right. person because of the shirt I'm wearing. There's one team that you brought up out, didn't bring up out of all those teams about the SEC being down, and it's the team playing better than anybody maybe in the country right now, which which is Bama. I, and like I think there's concerns there at times. Right, they've been they will smoke people if they are if they're shooting. There's nobody in the country I think they can beat them because they 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 will they they can be lights out if they if like at times. And we saw it against LSU. We saw it this past game against Florida. You put up a 50 spot in the first half. You put up 50 spot in, in either half in, in basketball, in college basketball. That's a lot. We've seen them do it a couple of times now. They did it at Arkansas in the second half. They did it, you know. But but I also think this. The Tennessee thing, what's scary about Tennessee is this. Their defense is so good. Like, it's, it's so good. But you're right. It does sometimes if they're on offense and, and they're not able to score, you can only, you know, defense can only not bend and, and not break, I guess, like, for so long, I think. And, like, and they didn't give up only like, – you know, they give it like 43 to Auburn, right? That's an ugly win. It's a rock fight. It's like I think Jimmy Dykes always loves to say. But, like, it's also a game that they're comfortable probably with winning because they, they know they can score 46. I don't think they know they can score 70 or 60 necessarily if they have to at the drop of a hat. And, then like, if they're not shooting the ball well and, and the games are close, what scares me about Tennessee is going into the postseason – the whole story for Rick Barnes' entire career, and we've seen it happen over and over and over again, even at Tennessee, is you get to the postseason and you're supposed to be a one seed or a two seed or whatever, and you're out or by the three, 16. Now, and it, they get knocked out. Yep. Right, and that's what I think and is that's, about Tennessee. But, but here's know. the deal. That's, what I'm, that's kind of what I'm saying about them right. is, is that – so you're saying if, if where they have to score 75, right. can Tennessee do that? Mm-mm. But I also think I think that when we see them play Bama next week at home, I think that'll be a very interesting. Like we'll, we'll know a lot more then in terms of what both teams have because at Bama we've seen Bama go cold at times and 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 how that can look. 
Um, and it's frustrating. They, they put up, you know, so many threes. I think they put the fourth most in all college basketball. And so they're not hitting them. Or if Brandon Miller somehow is not, you know, like if, if he's silenced a little bit um, and it's put on the, the shoulders of someone else necessarily, I, I, I think that they have enough depth to where they, they can be fine with that. And they've, they've overcome that a couple of times. But I think going to Tennessee, it'll be interesting to see if Tennessee can keep up pace scoring or if Bama is mentally tough enough from like a – because they're a really young team. To play against a, a team like Tennessee that's so well coached and so so disciplined in a lot of ways, unlike everything that happens with that football team. Chris, let me ask you a question. Um, and we've had this discussion on this podcast plenty of times before. Well, it's a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Going on the road is tough right. in the SEC, but going on the road anywhere is tough. Do you think um, Alabama just plays better at home in, in some cases? Or are they um, kind of like you said? They show their their youth on the road. That's interesting because I think I think the game they played against Mississippi State where they were so off they were at home, uh, and then you look at what they did against Missouri. Now he's you know you're talking about they're out they're Mizzou's without their best player, one of the best players in the country that they don't it does not get nearly enough love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that Bama like if Bama comes out and, and they're they they hit you know three of their first five threes. And, and they just start feeling it. I think that's a, that's like the like what sets the tone. I don't think it really necessarily matters because you look, they beat Houston on the road, even though they were down by fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this week is very interesting in a lot of ways, and I think Bama could go zero and two this week. I really do because mm-hmm. of the two environments they're going to play in. Auburn is going to be insane, and they and they still do have a good good team. And in Tennessee, of course, if Bama went on the road last year, beat Tennessee, but like I think that game, those are the two best teams in the conference. When they're at home, I, you know everybody plays better at home. But bro, you probably play. You played in that uh, that airplane hangar. I, I bet when they get on the road, and that bus leaves leaves the station from Tuscaloosa. They're like, thank God we get to go to a, an actual arena because this place sucks. <laughs> like Coleman Coliseum is the worst. Um, but no, I, um, I unless you're unless you're John. Uh, ooh, who was that? The 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 three point shooter from a couple of years ago. That yeah, John Petty, and then uh, then. He likes playing in that right. that, that hangar because that's the he only did, place he could shoot. He did. He did. I, just, <laughs> I do think that I think that Bama could lose both these games this week against yeah. against Auburn and Tennessee. And I'll say this: I think he could also that could really affect their psyche going forward if they, you know, that, that they're obviously um, beatable. But it also could not matter at all because it's like that's what happens, you know, in like a, a, throughout a season. It's hard to go win every game, obviously, because no, like hardly anyone's ever done it. It's also very difficult to get through the conference play unscathed with some of those road yeah. games. Now, now, how would you, how would how would Auburn's outlook look if they beat Bama? I just need y'all to win something. Cause I, y'all y'all did that whole <laughs> everything school last year, and now now we find out like it, I and I'm I'm saying this in jest because like you know this better than anyone. I've never been an Auburn fan, but I I went I started doing all these Auburn Twitter spaces last year and and got along with so many of these new Auburn friends and. Went down there for the first time to the AM game, had a blast. Mm. Like on the field mm. for the whole game. It was, mm. it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then something happened in the offseason, and I think everybody forgot that because the moment that, oh, that they nice. got into another season that wasn't football, mm-hmm. I kind of thought Auburn fans thought, oh, this is like our time to shine. And then there's it's, it hasn't gone well. Um, <laughs> if they're, their outlook for the season, I right? think, is basically the same. I think that like this team is not. This team is not the 2019 team that went to the Final Four. That is a generational team that had so many unique 
special players that that made this team. I think people see Wendell Green. I think they see Katie Johnson, and they thought like, oh man, this is like Bryce Brown. This is so and so because like mm-hmm. the, you know these guys are like so they do all these unique things that aren't specifically like basketball elite things, right? I think if you, it'll give you a lot of confidence, and you and they should have that. But I also just don't see like, the ceiling for this team is is just not very high. For, like no, it's not. consistently. You, you know what it reminds me of is I like because I, I want to be optimistic about Auburn. I've tried to be like the entire season about where like they'll get it going at some point. And, you know, Bruce Pearl's always done well with that. But no to the the Kentucky thing. But like every year, I have to hear about Kentucky like struggle through the whole season, and it's like, but when they get to March, you never know. It's like, no, I know they got beat by you know like like. McLovin with a mustache last year. Like, like, <laughs> I will say this. I will say this about both programs, Auburn and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It is not about your coach. Right. It is not about X and O's. X and O's, I'm sorry. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's. Mm-hmm. Guys who are on your team. You look at Auburn team last year. They lost two first-round draft picks. Right. Kentucky. They lost a pure point guard. Now, we haven't seen them play in the NBA just yet. Right. But when you have talent, talent supersedes anything you draw. It is so easy to say, hey, throw a guy the ball and say, go get me a bucket. When you don't have bucket getters, mm-hmm. because you oh, are. does not have a killer at all. Yeah. Anybody who can score a bucket, man, listen, they're going to they're gonna lock and load on the other end, all five and play defense. If you right. have somebody who can get you 20, the game is easy. You know, I any do. coach can throw up, can draw up anything and say, hey, I'm I'm this good offensive scheme. No, you have a player right. who can actually score the ball. I I will say this too, and this is and I'm not trying to say this is a homer, because like my, my knowledge about football is way more than, than basketball. And so like I've just I've 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 always watched Bama basketball. I, it's been like watching Bama football before Saban for every single year. It's like, all right, well, they're always in it. They're always in it, and then like five minutes left, and then they just fall apart. Or like you know, like they 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 used they would struggle so much just to get the twenty wins every single year. And I, you brought up like the if they can go get you a bucket, like if you get one guy. I, I mean, I'm talking about like a time with like three years ago when Charles Bediaco was the like the biggest and best recruit on that team. They're like, oh, we got a four star. Like hell yeah, that's awesome. And like the depth that Bama has, and like the the amount of guys that can get, get you a bucket is is. Very good. This yeah, year. I mean, and that's the reason why I didn't mention Bama when I was mentioning yeah. those other teams. Is Bama has not been struggling, and uh, the only thing that the only game that Bama has bad in is the Oklahoma game, and that's it. Period. The entire season mm-hmm. so far. All right, Jace had a yeah, run, so I just yeah, I just wanted to let. Yeah. So Jaden's going to run off for he's got to get so it's just going to be the us three for the remainder of the show. So, but that's the reason why I didn't bring him a while ago. Um, I think it's head and shoulders above rest in the SEC. And you were talking about the doesn't doesn't Tennessee come to Bama next week? I think it's at Tennessee. I could be wrong. I think it's at Tennessee because um, I'm pretty sure Is it? when I saw that originally, I was like, that's a tough week, man. It's like at Auburn, at Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's um, at Tennessee. Yeah. So, and I don't know. Oh, is it? Well, so you might be right. You might be right. The at Tennessee game for game, um, you know, for for Bama. So they play at Auburn on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Bama does. 
Um, and what are you predicting in that game? You know, I just I I like I Bama is so good and they're so talented and I love how they they got checked when they got their ass kicked at Oklahoma and and that was a nightmare. And then, of a and then responded, responded immediately, and I think that was my drawing truck lines. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think I think that like. I think this team is different. I, I think they really are different. And I think that they are a team it, like going to the final four is a crazy bar to set. I think for that program still, even though I know it's what NATO's trying to do. And this team has the talent to do it. I just know I agree. From every time I've ever watched Alabama go to this arena. It, it, like I've been there in person. It's like the last college basketball game I went to, um, or actually I'm sorry, the first I went to with SDS, they sent me down to Auburn arena. Uh, to go watch the Bama Auburn in basketball, and I had to watch them hand over that stupid sportsmanship trophy they they play for in football that is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a twenty point blowout win from Auburn, and I feel like that's what we see every single time Auburn goes there or like Bama goes there. Well, so Auburn is a tough place to play. That that's yeah. a tough environment. So it is a tough place to play. I think I this is not coming from a this is not coming from a standpoint of. Like, let me break this game down for you. And this is what they're going to do on offense, defense. Just from what I've always seen and, and the kind of how tough it is to play there, I I don't want to say Auburn's going to win, but I kind of do just because that's that's just what I've seen over and over and over again. And, and for me, no matter how talented this team is, until until they're able to go ahead and, and beat like jump that hurdle, it's not like LSU 2019 type stuff, like where it's like, all of a sudden, this this one's different. Even though we've heard kind of the same things every year, right? Go and go beat them. Go beat them. And like this, a win at Auburn yeah. tells me. So show me. You're one. You're, you're saying show me is what you're saying. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. So I just kind of wanted your thoughts on it. Some of the so Missouri yeah. plays at Tennessee on Saturday. Um, Missouri is one of those teams that's kind of had a surprise. I mean. And I think they've been a lot better than what most people thought they yeah. would be. They've won uh, a few really big games at home, mm-hmm. beating Arkansas, beating Kentucky um, at home. Uh, but now this one is in Knoxville on Saturday, yeah. and Tennessee's off of a loss to Vandy. Um, so, you know, what do you think might happen in this game, SEC-wise? I think it's a huge, huge game for Tennessee. Missouri is so – like. I love Mizzou. My best friend is, is from St. Louis, and I've, I've gone to Mizzou games for so long. Like, they get disrespected more than anyone in this conference, and I've never – like, I mean, I get it because of the geographic location, but, like, that that basketball program is going to be very strong over the next couple of years. It's a historically great basketball program. And, like, with this new coach, they've had such bad leadership um, over the past couple of years. And, I, and like, even Quanzo Martin, the guy that's, like – very disciplined and, and like he's a you know a, a guy that your your mom would want you to go play for but you right. also know it's a guy that's not going to be paying for any players or you know, that kind of stuff that was like so rampant in college basketball they, the guy they have there now and and the talent they have on that team they could they can go into knoxville and win that game i don't necessarily think they will but they will be comfortable with a low scoring game just like tennessee will and i think that if like you let kobe get get hot at all and he's able to put up 20 let alone 30 like we saw him do earlier in the season Tennessee loses back-to-back games. I think you start to see a potential meltdown from from that 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 team from a confidence standpoint. That's what usually happens then around this time of year or next month. Right. So you're saying that Tennessee's 
football, basketball, and baseball program cannot last an entire season. That, that <laughs> baseball team is the best baseball team I have ever seen, ever. And, and I mean, we, we to played, get knocked they, out in the first round, right? No, 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 no they, didn't get, they didn't even make it to the World Series, and they lost at home to. And, and don't forget, like either. I said early, they, that's what I'm, I'm, I meant. Their, first round, meaning like right. in the regionals, but I, I can't remember if they were regionals or super regionals. It doesn't matter. Right. They didn't make it to Omaha. No, they no, didn't. And they I, didn't. And like the thing, Rick Barnes is like such a great dude, and and I think I think everybody kind of saw this as like. Because if you're a fan of college sports in general, everyone knows Tennessee is a blue blood football team, and, and they remember the '90s of Peyton and all that kind of stuff. And Fulmer, and then you started getting this narrative. They've been down for so long, comically down, that oh, Tennessee, it's football's better when Tennessee's back. College football's so much better when Tennessee's back. And look at what they've redone on Rocky Top. And and the moment they got they got good after they beat Bama by three points in overtime for the first time in 16 years. The moment they got good. You saw why it was good that Tennessee was not relevant for so long because their fans were awful. And that baseball team was basically like if their Twitter came to life because they were the worst. Their, their Listen, the I'm a Kentucky fan, and, I, and I've been going to Tennessee-Kentucky games life since I was about seven or eight years old yeah. um, in, in the mid-'80s. And I, I will firmly agree with you that Tennessee fans are one of the worst. And, and, and we all have that. Just mustard, golf balls. I, I just, mean, it, you, they, you name they, it. Like baseball John bats. In the comments, he's made the comments like, "Ask Marlowe about his prediction about and what yeah. he and like Kentucky fans did." And I'll tell you about that in a second. But I mean, like, like I again, I get it. And, and my job was in social media for so long, so I've interacted with everyone, and I everyone has bad fans. It's not just Tennessee. Like Bama has horrible. Bama has probably maybe the worst fans like in real life, but like. That that shit last year when their baseball team and again the most talented team I have ever seen, and like I'm not like some like you know boomer or anything to be like I don't understand all this celebration after home runs or, or like it, doing this like at second base any of that I don't care about any of that, but when your best player who's like your highest draftable player hits a double in like the bottom of the ninth in a game you're losing in the postseason and then rounds first base giving the middle finger to the center fielder. <laughs> That is like there's there's like there is something culturally wrong with your program if you're allowing that right. kind of shit to happen. I think it's I think it's so just pathetically gross. And I'm I you've heard me say this before, man. I, I don't like sportsmanship. I'm not I'm not like I'm not in favor. Like I don't care about being nice to y'all after we after we win. I mean, but it's just that is so ridiculous the way they would go about it. And like I just it's an interesting, interesting I guess and again and again their 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 head coach leads that and he and he threw a bat at auburn right and he got into a fight with arkansas the year before about like about oh yeah jay van horn it's just (laughs) right and i'm all about having a villain i'm all about oh like leaning into that kind of stuff sure do all that like that's whatever like whatever floats your boat man like it and it's worked but it is such a weird thing i remember when i had a prediction about georgia and tennessee and again i am wrong sometimes but the prediction i had for georgia tennessee it's pinned to the top of my twitter it was painfully accurate and twitter uh, tennessee fans leading up to that bro they they went into this the depths of like what they said about like me personally about my mom on twitter <laughs> wow. like that kind of stuff. and i was like get the fuck out of here excuse my language but like just yeah it's just, yeah man I, yeah i mean that's ridiculous <laughs> 
Yeah. So I mean, yeah. to bring that crap up. So what's Hammond's talking about with your prediction on Kentucky in football? Okay, so I said this on uh, Michael Bratton's pods, an old coworker of mine. He has his, his SEC mic on Twitter. This is early on in the season, and I, again, I'm trying to preface this over and over by saying it. I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back that much, but I was. It was just a weird year where I got a lot of stuff right, and going into that Ole Miss game, I was like. I just, to be honest, like Kentucky's kind of shitty and no one's talking about it. That was the exact phrase I used. I was like, Kentucky's kind of shitty. And like, they, you know, they don't have, like, they had so much of this generational talent type stuff from the year before, like at offensive line, especially you had three draft picks in the offensive line. You've never had that. You lose that. Then you lose Wandell Robinson, probably the best receiver you've had since Craig East. I was like, I just, I, you know, I don't think Will Levis is a good enough quarterback that protects the football where you're going to go on the road and win that game at some point. Like, you look at all these turnovers he's had, and I'm just going on and on. I was like, yeah, so I got Ole Miss winning. When I tell you, I don't know why I broke it over my shoulder. <laughs> BBN. But when I, I woke up, they came after me mercilessly the rest of the week. They had coaches. They had coaches retweeting it saying like, oh, yeah, we saw this. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be on Twitter. Go to practice, bro. Like, these <laughs> 8,000 followers is somehow like motivating the team. Like that's a you problem, not a me problem. And, and I, right. I, I go to bed Friday night way too late way too late i wake up at like i don't want to tell y'all but it was after halftime of the old miss kentucky game and i'm like panicking okay. like, what's going on and the first thing i'm trying to do is scramble I'm trying to find the remote or whatever and i'm like on twitter and i got all these texts and my mom texts me and she was like i guess you were right and i was like about what she's like old miss is, is beating kentucky and i was like oh my god this is the perfect start to the day this is one thing well, i love about my job I- I will say this about Kentucky, okay? It, to me, the offensive line was the whole reason Kentucky's right. season was the way they were. They lost three first or first draft picks to the NFL. And, I mean, that's a first time in, I don't know, forever, Program maybe history. ever. Maybe ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the offensive line play this year, this right. past season, was horrible. I mean, just horrible. Well, I just for me it was it was like like I I genuinely I'm not like Brandon Walker where I'm just like trying to shit on everything and tell everyone they're <laughs> bad blah blah. It's just like I but I am I try to I try to be as objective as possible and and like like this is what I see and if I'm wrong I'm wrong if I'm wrong I'm wrong. I, I said Bama was going to go ten and two this year and like like that's my favorite team. I, I said they were going to lose right. to LSU. That's like yep. you know all these things. So so with Kentucky though, this is the thing I do love about my job because I you know it. I thought politics were bad in 2020. That's when I had to stop running social media because it was just like, I can't do this anymore. But college football might be worse because people get so passionate about it. And when you make fun of a school or say something about a school, you're making fun of them personally. People take it very, very personally. The Kentucky thing, I had no idea that they had that that kind of fan base. Like where they were. Oh, Kentucky's got a fan base. Most people don't realize Kentucky football is, is, a, is serious shit. It really yeah. is. So like it they, they is, and most people week. don't realize they, they came yeah. out the whole week and just were furious. And there's this one guy in particular on my buddy's podcast. He's a listener of the podcast. And he's just like, he's like, Hey, do you want to join this Twitter space on Friday night? This guy wants to yell at you. And I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, he just rips into me about, you don't know what you're talking about. And you said, oh, you said this. And he's like, you were engaged and that didn't work out. I'm like, okay. It's just like all this, they just said all this shit. And he's going on and on. And like, and none of the stuff he's saying, you can tell, is like about the game. He's just mad. He's so just they mad, lose. Yeah. And this guy right. sends me a message. And, and I, th- what I will say about this too is 
what I love about this job and, and more than anything and social media is that like I have met so many good people like, you know, like from this and I've become like good friends with so many people because we're all kind of the same in a lot of ways. Like we have different colors and stuff like that. And that we, that we, you know, put on on Saturdays and, but like, I just like, I get, I get how much it means to everybody. I really do. And so this guy, like there's been some people that have reached out before that have either hated me a lot of times since they've hated me and they've realized afterwards they don't. This guy sends me a message and it, and he says, I just want to let you know how sorry I am for what I said about you and the things I said on, on social media. And I, and I feel you know, none of that was about you. That was stuff that I'm trying to work out as a person. And I projected that. And he was like, wow, that's so healthy. Good for him. He's like, I want to, I want to say sorry by sending you a bottle of Kentucky bourbon. Can I please have your address? And so that answer was absolutely not for sure. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I knew my buddy was selling his places out of town. I give him that address. So my buddy gets this package from this guy a couple of weeks later. And I was like, oh yeah, it's this crazy guy on Twitter. He wanted to send me like a bottle, blah, blah, blah. My buddy is trying to sell his apartment like or, or condo at the time right so he's got this place cleaned spotless top to bottom and and he's like marlo i can't open this stupid thing it's not opening and i'm like well get a knife like let me do everything's packed everything's already packed and moved out i have nothing in here i'm trying to like show oh, this house thing out. I'm like, All right. <laughs> finally opens it and as he opens it he's like he's like you mother like and i was like what happened he goes there's sawdust everywhere he's just there's sawdust in this entire thing it's filled with sawdust and i was like <laughs> Like confetti, like he's like, no sawdust. sawdust. <laughs> he opens it up and he goes, he goes, this guy sent you an empty bottle of Buffalo Trace and a half drink bottle of Diet Coke, and it just says, "Go Cats, fuck you." <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh my <laughs> god, really? It was just, it was so funny, and like I haven't responded to that guy since. I haven't blocked him, but I was just like, that is <laughs> the, the amount of effort that goes into that. Because that's Trace classic, right there, class. man. That's classic. Oh man, my buddy was so pissed. He's like, "Bro, I just cleaned this entire place, and now there's sawdust everywhere." It was just, it was hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> pretty classic, right there. I'm glad I asked yeah. you about it. Heavens, come on and said <laughs> something about it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So, anyway, yeah, man, it's, um, it's always fun. Oh. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, so. Um, I guess today uh, the the media rights Big Twelve they've uh, they've 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 come to an agreement with uh, Texas and Oklahoma, and the SEC has also uh, put out a statement about the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Go ahead and uh, talk about the addition of Texas and Oklahoma and uh, yeah. how soon it's going to be, as opposed to waiting for the full contract. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be twenty twenty four. When that happens, I so personally, I don't I'm not a huge fan of the addition. I think that's one of those things where um, when they were and it was announced, first off, it was announced that the just like very, very nonchalantly at media days, which is already like a 80 hour work week. And then like it, you, you just right. casually mentioned this on Wednesday. And I, I, I remember that week very specifically for a lot of a lot of bad reasons. Um, this being one of them, I think. So I, but like when that happened, I think people were initially like you you thought you were going to have this like land grab where everyone's trying to get as much as possible. And the sec seemed like they were ahead of the curve and, and they're going to have power conferences. And then you started hearing about these 24 to 25 team mega conferences. And it's going to be like the NFL and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if any of that happens. I don't think it will. Usually people tend to overreact to stuff like this. They're going to join in 2024. I think it's July 1st is, is the date. So basically 
the start of the next calendar sports year, which will include all fall sports. Um, you won't get baseball until next year. Uh, won't get football for two more years, which is the big one, obviously, right? So I think what it does is one thing, it makes it like the playing field a little bit more um, even for other conferences in terms of playing a nine-game conference schedule. The SEC will most likely shift to that, uh, which is something the Big Ten and Pac-12 have bitched about, especially the Big Ten, for years and years and years. Um, is forcing them to make a nine, play a nine game conference schedule because, as you know, like you know, when 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 Bama plays Texas in week two, or you know, Tennessee goes on the road against Pitt, uh, who's a New Year's 16 the year before, or Auburn plays Penn State, that doesn't count as much as them playing somebody in week 13 that is perceivably weak to the Big Ten. I will also just side note say if you think that playing, I don't know, Gardner Webb is is that much worse than having a, a 11 a.m. kickoff against Northwestern. I'd, I'd probably argue that. I'd probably argue that point. Um, but no, I, I think that going into the nine-game nine conference schedule is whatever. I don't know what this does for the conference because I don't – I just think it's it's like so many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Like you've got – it's it like I don't know how you break it up. Like if it's going to be divisions, it's going to be pods, if it's going to be top to bottom. All that stuff is very difficult to figure out. And you're going to – I actually that. hope they won't do away with the divisions, but they probably will. Yeah, because I don't know how you – I don't know how you – how you do it but like but either way it's just it's so many teams and then you're gonna have like these you're gonna have so much pushback from like the teams that have been in the conference for a long time or like who i think the first one they drew up was like all right bama tennessee vandy and like mississippi state were in one and it was like i mean i would love to be in a a division pod whatever with vandy that'd be great but like (laughs) How do you, do you break up Auburn, Georgia playing every year, which is the deep South Oldest Robert? Do you break up Bama, Auburn? Like, do you like, do you, I mean, what does LSU do? You put them, you're out on an island now. And LSU, Texas, and Texas AM and Oklahoma, the furthest out west, like, that's a nightmarish pod if you're, if you're playing with that. So it's, or you just do the old big, the, the Southwest Conference and Southwest, you have Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas oh, yeah. Missouri, you know, Oklahoma and, and right. Texas or Texas A&M or whatever you, you can yeah. pick your poison on those. And right. I, and, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. All that I mean, there's lots, of, there's lots of rivalries. I mean, you got Kentucky and mm-hmm. Tennessee. That's a rivalry. You got, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi state. That's a rivalry. You got Auburn, Alabama. Yeah. You've got, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's tons of them. Uh, Georgia right. and Florida play a rivalry every year. You know, it's a big one. Right. Um, so, you know, what do you do with all that? I mean, it's just, how do you, keep it you know, even? look, like, the biggest, for everyone? look, the biggest rivalry right now in, in all of the sec oh. is Texas A&M and South Carolina. We all know it. <laughs> they play for a trophy. What are you going to do about that? They play for a trophy. <laughs> they play for a trophy and it pisses me off so much. I hate trophy games. I think it's so stupid. It's like, because, like, all of I did a whole thing on this, and I need to redo it, too, to be honest. But, like, it's just – any trophy game, like Bama-Auburn played for a trophy, the sport, the FDOK sportsmanship trophy, there's no sportsmanship. You don't get to have sportsmanship in your trophy's name when you burned down those trees a couple years ago. Like, <laughs> like with the fact that Arthur, sorry, South Carolina and A&M play for the trophy – anyway. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you keep it even or, or, like, fair because I tell you what, like, I don't think Bama's necessarily going away. LSU is always strong. But Georgia is a monster right now. Right they now. Are they are. Absolutely. And I, I honestly, I think they're distancing themselves from Alabama. And, and I think that Kirby's very young and he's able to keep that staff together a lot of times. So I like, I don't want to be in that. Like if you're Auburn, 
people talk about like moving them to the east at times that way and then keeping bama as their cross I mean, division rivalry technically they're east of nashville so right. i just i don't know how greg sankey's a lot smarter than i am for sure um i just don't know how you keep all of that fair and i also i i'm eager to see because i think in like the first couple of years you're gonna have a lot of fans like oh we went out to austin it was so much fun and you know blah blah, blah. but texas and oklahoma are very good historical programs and anybody that thinks that texas is not going to come in here and make waves i i understand fully what they looked like the last decade i get it but with steve sarkeesian and the offensive players he's bringing in all that kind of stuff they have arch manning like i, I just it's going to be real cute for about i don't know a couple of weeks and then they're going to stroll into, <laughs> they're going to stroll into athens or gainesville or, or tuscaloosa and beat someone by, right. by double digits and, and beat somebody there's yeah. going to be only one year yeah. where there's yeah. a Manning that doesn't play in the SEC. He's only yeah. playing one year without yeah. being having being right. named an SEC yeah. quarterback. And and Oklahoma's going to be the same way. You're going to go to Oklahoma and somebody's yeah. going to beat the. You know they're going to come in and beat somebody's ass. You know. Yeah. Um. You know. That's, and and then it and then it's no longer going to be any fun. You know. Right. And that's that's a serious question that I did have about it was. You saw in the Big 12, Mizzou competed in the Big 12 in football very well for for like you know a decade plus, and especially back in like the 60s and stuff like that. But like, you know, let's not forget 2007, they were ranked number one in the country, and, and they've they've done some things in that conference. Who wasn't ranked number one in the country that year? That's a very good point. Um, yeah. but, but in that conference specifically in the, in the Big 12. Now, and I'm not saying this to pick on Kentucky at all, because i I love Mark Soup because I love what he's been able to do. But you look at programs like South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State. These teams that have had some, some like, you know, like mid-level success, yeah, right. Yeah. They've, they've had a ceiling over their head for a long time about how successful they could really be consistently, because of how dominant the programs are ahead of them or above them. Right now, like, what does that do for these programs when you put these two teams that have been, I mean, not just like good national championship level good, and, and like the booster money at Texas, it, like, yep. just it is, it's going to be. I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. And I think it'll be interesting. I think it's fun to go out there and play there every once in a while. I, I'm eager to see how the whole conference is going to have a ball laughing at Texas and Texas A&M argue of irrelevancy, like they're with their fans. Cause they, those two fan bases are ridiculous. You right. We're going to get to see Jimbo Fisher go after another fan base for doing yeah. something stupid. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. He's, I he's, love to see your takes on that. <laughs> I just want to sit there and go, yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully, I just, I don't know. Like, we got that bourbon from the Kentucky fan. I don't need a Texas fan sending me, like, you know, like a, a murdered cow or some, like, like <laughs> brisket in the raw or just like, you know, a bunch of oil that spills everywhere. I don't know. What no, that's it's gonna just going to be bull balls. That's all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree with you, though. Teams like Kentucky, <laughs> South Carolina, uh, Mississippi State, even Ole Miss. I mean, you take Ole Miss yeah. in that category as well, I would think. Yeah. Um, you know, who have found some level success over the last five years. Um, you know, you put Texas and Oklahoma in the mix, and – you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. You know what? What is that going to do if you taking if you're taking four or five of of those teams and they're all of a sudden going to be five and seven all the time? Right. But you're but you're adding Texas and Oklahoma, who is right. you know now you've got a bunch of ten and two teams, five or six of them. 
Yeah. Is that helping the conference? Is that helping the conference? No. You know what I mean? If you if you've got a top tier and then the bottom tier is just terrible, is that helping the conference? So you already were the best conference in in football and in and really like in in baseball, and then you would have these teams they've won like or played for several national championships in basketball, even. And then you're like, you know what? We're gonna add Mizzou and AM. And you bring in AM and Mizzou lost their entire offensive line in the preseason of that 2012 year and had a very tough first year. But then they go in and win the division in year two and three, have a top five team, almost play for a national title. Um, and then you look at AM, they have Johnny Manziel, and like it's like this whole that was a that was fine. Like we were able to figure it out and you're able to still have this balance, but now it's like I hated the idea of two power conferences, like playing like the NFL, these 2014 conferences or whatever. But, but like for SEC fans, and I'm seriously asking this, like because they're already biased and I, I am as well to an extent. But like how do you take other, other conferences seriously if it's like, oh, well, we were 10-2 and two in the SEC or 9-3. We're not going to sniff the playoffs. But whoever went 11-1 and one and 12-0 and oh in the ACC, let alone the Big 12, the Big 12 is like – I, like the worst version, if like if you had a like a local theater trying to put together Ocean's Thirteen, that is what the Big Twelve is. It's like none of these people fit. This is so much worse than what it used to be. I don't know why we're watching this because it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's all over the country. And then the Pac twelve, and those are those are Power Five conferences that are still going to have a seat at the table. And you're talking about like I got to watch, I don't know Rutgers, Rutgers, and yeah, <laughs> and then somehow that's going. They're going to seriously consider those teams like like i just, i don't want to ever hear anything else from from like like from the big 10 for one the from the pac 12 i don't want anything from from what's his name on fox uh with the guy with the great hair joel clatt about sec bias and they, like no like we we just we just finished a season where we played at oklahoma texas at home georgia in the sec championship game at lsu <laughs> yeah. get out of here i'm done yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just cannot wait to watch Rutgers play, I don't know, USC. USC at 9 a.m. local yeah. time playing at Rutgers. And those people don't yeah. shit about football out there. It's like, like even when USC is good, like my, my ex is not the whole family. Her whole family went to like like five of the eight original Pac Pac twelve schools or whatever, right? And like so, you, but and you know, and she she loves football too. Oregon State is is like is really really becoming much better. They're a good program. They're a top twenty five team. Oregon is going to always be like Oregon is. But right. I mean, I tell you what, what really, and I hate to, I'm not even going to get into this whole part of it or, or like try to be super negative about it. But this is one of the things I saw that happened with the Big Twelve. And I remember when they first expanded, I kept thinking, I was like, man, that's like from a financial standpoint, I know you're going to make a crazy amount of money from the TV contracts for football, but the sports that don't aren't like, gener- like money generating or revenue generating sports are going to start falling by the wayside, which sucks because it's like, how do you condone if you're if you're an athletic director making a budget? How do you really condone? Oh, we have a Rutgers volleyball game on a Tuesday night. They got to fly out <laughs> to, to L.A. and then right. and back for school. Like it's like, how do you even? Like, like it, that kind of stuff is – I mean, the example I used to always give was, like, how do you how do you sit there and honestly budget for a, a Wednesday night, like, women's basketball – or, I'm sorry, women's volleyball game from West Virginia to TCU? And now that, like, you're you're expanding it even further across yeah, the country. Yeah, all the way across the country. I mean, right. from one side to the other, as far as you could possibly go. 
You know, right. and, and I, I mean, mean look, it's just it's ridiculous. They should just add Hawaii. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I and mean, North Korea, to be honest. Like, I wouldn't hate him less. I think if you're gonna go yeah. big, might as well go half the ocean. Yeah, it's just it just it bums me out. Right. It really does. It bums me out. So, I mean, you could be playing in Juneau, Alaska. Yeah. Would... <laughs> well, I'd Chris, like man, we've kept you on there. for about an hour, and I know you've got a few other things that you said you needed to do tonight. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. This is a blast. Anytime. But we've had some, we've had some fun and had some talked about some stuff and laughs. So. It was good, and we appreciate yeah. you being on with us, man. I of just course, uh, anytime. Yeah, man. Yeah, come back some sometime, and we'll try to maybe I don't know maybe before SEC media days for football or something maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know, man. Anytime, and I'll um I'll go get to all that work I was supposed to do three days ago, and I'll uh, I'll get it you guys soon. <laughs> all right, man. I just ask that you try to retweet if you can. Yeah, or something, you know, because I'll try to. I do this if you can kind of retweet for us and kind of get it out there. Um, I'd appreciate it. Send me like specific links and all that kind of stuff just because of like I don't, you know, I don't want to overlook anything. Um, yeah. So just be as basic about the information that I need to do as possible. Explain it to me like I'm five and I got you. All right, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, all right, man. Thanks. See you, man. <laughs> Told you it's going to be fun. Oh, he was he was a blast. Yeah. Jay, you missed it, man. <laughs> yeah, you missed the whole thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. You'll have to now catch this in the rerun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you missed it, Jay. I'm sorry, man. He was here about an hour. If this were Butch yep. Thompson interview, you would be right on time. Right in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's this is true. <laughs> Shut up, John. Uh. <laughs> you know, you live and you learn. So I've done something with the Butch Thompson interview that I've not done before because they wanted to go ahead and get a and get the link a couple of hours before the show. Um, and I wasn't actually on the laptop and we wasn't on. And I think it created a second room. So. You live and learn a little bit on that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't well, know. I didn't know it would do that. If I did, I wouldn't have done it. So, <laughs> yep. Jay, it's it's good, man. We appreciate you being on. And I don't think I froze up tonight. Actually, I, I don't. It's not remember. really freezing. My mic just shuts off when I play that video at the beginning, and you can't hear me. Yeah, most of the time. We'll make sure that Hugh Freeze goes and visits him. <laughs> that didn't you, really hit. Dang you it. got the Hugh Freeze things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just better hope Hugh Freeze don't go away from his football stuff just, and he stays busy. Just, just need your address. So I could send you a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's classic. Jay, if you're still on with us, you got to catch about 40, 45 minutes in. You got to catch the classic uh, Kentucky uh, story that he told, okay? Just, you got to yes. catch it. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So we are now sponsored by Prize Picks. And um, 
if you use promo code CSCAST, they will 100% match your deposit up to $100. So it's a daily fantasy sports, and you can get on there and do Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, college football, NHL, golf is on there, racing. There's all kinds of stuff. There's 30-plus sports to do. Um, you go higher, lower, pick a play or a player or a team and uh, go higher, lower. It's kind of fantasy style sports betting. Minimum, minimum debt bet, I believe, is $5. And we just ask that you go there and help support us. And when you do open a new account, they will double your money by using the code CSCAST for your daily fantasy sports fund. And we would appreciate that. And just so you know, before I finish on that, I do usually try to send a tip on my, uh, a daily tip on my uh, Twitter account, Brad Seast on Twitter. So you can catch that as well. Um, our 2023 nonprofit organization for the fanboys and winning Ed Sports Network is home for our troops. <clears throat> They're building homes and rebuilding lives. And this is for wounded and injured veterans. And they will build them a home anywhere in the country. So they can be from Illinois and move to California. And they will build them a house in California for every dollar that you give, 90 cents of that dollar goes towards building homes. And they have been doing this for 20 plus years. You can give to them at hfotusa.org. All right. Do we announcements, John? Uh, Tonight? Well, I mean, our, our next show is Sunday. We don't really have any guests for Sunday or Tuesday, um, but you do have one next Thursday. We do. Um, next Thursday, I think, is our next guest show, I believe. And that's going to be UT legend Ron Slay is going to be on with us. And I'm going to have a little fun with this one because Ron is actually not coming on as – a celebrity guest type stuff. Ron is going to come on and actually do our game day pickums nice. on thir on Thursday nights with us go. on our game day pickums for College Sports Cast. And the real fun is is that he's coming on February sixteenth, and our game day pickums will cover February eighteenth games, which is Tennessee at Kentucky. And. I figured me and him will have a little fun with the Tennessee and Kentucky game as a pick. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a fun show to do. And uh, I look forward to Ron Slay being on with us. Uh, I, I don't think that John's going to be here that night. Um, nope. He's going to, he's going to miss it. John, I do. That is an announcement I need to make. John's going to miss a couple of shows next week. He's going to miss Tuesday, Thursday. He's doing some stuff, I think, for his wife, Valentine's Day and stuff like that, I believe. So we're giving him a pass. <laughs> yes. We're, we're giving John a pass next week for a couple of days, a couple of shows. But 
So on the Ron Slay show next week, we'll have Jason Harrison, me, and Ron Slay, and we'll be doing the game day pickums. It should be a fun show to do. Um, follow up to, uh, on the nineteenth, I believe we got Stephen Heigl, right? And that and that on the nineteenth, we do, we do yeah. on on Sunday the nineteenth, um, we got Stephen Heigl, Steve Heigl, that's going to come on our show. He's he was on in January once, um, and he does just football.net and just collegebasketball.net. Um, and he's a, a John Wooden Award voter, and uh, he does a lot of stuff with college basketball and a couple of podcasts and stuff as well. So uh, he knows his stuff. He'll be on with us. We'll be doing a little college basketball talk and bracketology stuff, talking about teams on that is not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, the 19th. Right. Um, and I we, think. Well, we're hoping ahead. to get a. Uh, a few others after that, but we're we haven't set anything in stone yet. And I know that we do have, you know, uh, mock draft guy will come back on. Uh, his, his is set actually. Yeah, his is yeah. his is February the twenty sixth. Right. Yeah. The so mock I, I draft figured, guy is. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I knew that one was going to be set, but the other ones that we've uh, that we're working on, uh, we haven't gotten set in stone yet. But we will uh, we will announce them as. As they are, um, as we uh, have some form of, uh, you know, some form of agreement or whatever on what what time or what day or whatever. So we have a few guests that are going to come on. We just haven't set a date for them yet. So, right. We don't have a set, yep. set date for some of them yet. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, so I do know we're going to have mock draft guy on February twenty sixth. That's a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, and we'll be doing a two right. round mock draft with him and then two days later on the 28th we're going to have a bracketology guy his name is jason um he's jb bracketology on twitter if you mm -hmm. want to follow, follow him on twitter um jbr bracketology um, is his twitter handle and uh, he's going to be on with us right so jay says he wants to join the mock draft show it's February. The, the next one is February 26th on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock uh, central time. So it'll be four Eastern, there we go. which I think he's in, he's in uh, South Carolina. So it'll be four Eastern yeah. Jay. Um, there we go. But it, anyways, that's our next mock draft show. Um, and that's a few of the things that we have coming up and what John was talking about. We are working with a couple of other people um, trying to get a couple of other people on, our show as well. Um, so uh, we just don't have exact times and dates set for some of that stuff yet. Um, but we're working on it. And we've had some fun this week. I mean, in the last week, we've had Peter Burns on. We've had Auburn baseball coach Butch Thompson on. We've had Chris Marler on from Saturday three Down South. Three, three consecutive shows with, yeah. with some big-time guests. So. Right. So, I mean, we've we've really had some fun lately and we hope you guys are enjoying these shows. Um, they've they've been a blast to do and we appreciate that, um, that all of them are coming on College Sportscast to to uh, to be a part of this uh, with us. So, right. Uh, you know, it's fun to do. And, you know, it's just really kind of amazing that we can that we get these people uh, that we've been getting and uh, uh, it's just fun to do. We hope to keep doing oh, that yeah. for you. Yes, we do. 
<laughs> and again, go to Prize Picks for us. Help us out. Um, it it it'll double your money. You know, if you only have fifty bucks to put down, instead of getting fifty when you make a deposit, you're going to have a hundred dollars to to play with. So, right. I mean, you know, whatever that is, if you have twenty five dollars to put down, it'll be fifty. So up to a hundred dollars, it'll basically double it. It's a one hundred percent deposit match. Again, use the code CSCAST to do right. that. Um, and from there, we will see you on Sunday, and we'll do our week wrap-up show. And it will be me, uh, John, and Jason that's on on Sunday. And then next week, John's going to take a couple of days off. So our yep. couple of shows off, not days off, shows off. Right. Um, and uh, we will see you on Sunday with our week wrap up show and live chat show. Yep. All right. Y'all have a good night. See you.